This is the Faith Debate, a theological roundtable gab fest with the mix master as the master of ceremonies and the notorious Triple B, the big bridge builder. Can we build it? Yes, we can. The Faith Debate is a free-for-all forum Hoo-ha. where faith community leaders wrestle over the truth. In less than 30 minutes, learn more about what really matters than others learn in a month. Ooh, how convenient. Are you ready for a clash of ideas? Are you ready for the sound of freedom? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Let's get ready to rumble. Ah, yeah! In this corner, weighing in with a master of divinity from Reformed Theological Seminary, the faith debate master of ceremonies, Troy Skinner. Got a moron here, is that it? And in this corner, weighing in as a pastor, teacher, and founder of Bridges, connecting needs and resources in the local community, the notorious big bridge builder, John Swicer. I'm just getting warmed up. There's no John Switzer today, but that's okay. I'm not flying solo. You know why? Thomas Bonifield, who used to call Frederick home, graduated from TJ High School. He's the writer-director of a brand-new movie titled Miracle on Christmas. Now, I had the opportunity to talk with uh, Thomas over the phone for nearly an hour and then again on last week's Faith Debate show, and I really enjoyed chatting with him those previous two times, and I think you're really going to enjoy hearing this second part of our interview. If you missed last week's, we got a lot of background information, heard about his time that he spent almost a decade living in Istanbul. That was rather interesting to hear, so you can find that on podcast on WFMD.com. The movie Miracle on Christmas uh, released earlier this month, and its distribution footprint is broad, includes the on-demand rental market, streaming, you know, digital sales, DVD sales. You can find it at Amazon, at Walmart, Target, a big deal this here movie and we're excited to have uh, thomas bonifield on the show to talk about it um last week uh we we covered your background and we started to tease a little bit about you know the story in the in the movie but you got some for people that are fans of christian movies you know the, the you mentioned the kendrick brothers last week you know uh, Stephen and alec kendrick have, have made some of the more popular christian movies over the last uh, decade or decade and a half or whatever including you know, fireproof, overcomer, war room, uh, facing the giants, uh, flywheel, um, others I'm sure I'm forgetting. Uh, and some of these people that are in your movie are actually were in some of those movies. So who are some of these names and faces we might recognize? Yeah, well, the Kendrick brothers are absolutely the top top of the heap when it comes to faith based, the faith based uh, movie world. And the the most prominent person from their movies in our movie is an actress named Erin Bethea, who was the lead actress uh, in Fireproof, starring opposite Kirk Cameron as uh, his wife in that movie. And she is the protagonist in our movie. Um, and by the way, I know we're here talking about your movie, but if I could put a quick plug in for that movie. I'm a, I'm a pastor as well as this, hosting this show, and whenever I do premarital counseling, I have a number of materials that we work through, and one of them is to assign a date night, and I ask them to spend their date night watching and then discussing Fireproof. So if you're married, think about getting married, have people in your life you know, are about to get married, and you haven't seen that movie yet, you should watch it. And Erin is really a fantastic actress. I don't know what her background was before that movie or what it's been since. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to her career, but she's really very gifted. She is. You know, actually, she went to a Christian university uh, in Alabama, University of Mobile, if memory serves, and she told me when we were shooting our movie in Michigan in March, February and March, that she then worked at Walt Disney World in Orlando for some time as 
of the characters out in the park. I could see her being uh, like a good Snow White or something. Yes, well, the characters varied, so she was not always a good one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's kind of how she cut her teeth, uh, actually. Um, and she's been making movies since, I, I think, the first one that she was in was actually Facing the Giants from the Kendrick Brothers because she is the daughter of the head pastor at the church where the Kendrick Brothers were pastors, and that's how they started their movie-making career. It was when they were still on staff at Sherwood Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia. Huh, uh, I don't her remember father. her facing the Giants. I'll have to watch the movie again and look for her. I don't remember her in that well, one. Well, she has a small part. She plays a sports reporter. It's about football, that one, and she does... Actually, I think I remember that scene now that you mentioned that. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yes. So what was it like working with her? Well, she's a real pro, uh, actually, uh, and it was a blessing that I was able to get her in this movie of mine. And as you say, I mean, I really, with the cast, it was the hand of God. I prayed that God would bring the right people to me, and he absolutely did that. And interestingly, um, before I talk about her specifically, the, the way it all came together was I have a website that I do more for fun than anything just to keep my hand in the journalism stuff called Christian Film Blog, where I write about things that are happening in the Christian movie business. And I had written an article... I guess the summer before I wrote this movie of mine about a movie starring Michael W. Smith, a Christian singer. Uh, and the man behind that movie is a man named Ben Graham, who is a pastor uh, outside of Nashville at a church called Music City Baptist Church. Uh, and he has a company called Graham Family Films. So when I wanted to make my movie, not ha having never made a movie before, I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll give him a call and see if you know, I could do it with him or he can point me to the right people. Uh, and he's an interesting man. His grandfather was the first cousin of Billy Graham, the famous evangelist. So Ben is a long line of, in a long line of pastors in that Graham family. Um, and he put me in touch with the man who became my producer for this movie, uh, a gentleman named Kevin Otto, uh, who is a real veteran of the faith-based film world. He's done like 10 or 12 movies that he's directed and probably produced five, six, eight more of them. Uh, and he became my producer, and he really was instrumental in helping bring all the rest of the team together. And it's, you know, you're talking 60 people probably between cast and crew. Uh, and including Aaron Bethea, who was the lead actress, and Jason Berkey, who was the lead actor, who play husband and wife in my movie. Uh, Kevin had worked with them, together with Ben Graham, on a movie not too many years back where they also were husband and wife. So I had suggested Jason, and he said, well, what about Aaron? And I thought, wow, yeah, that'd be fantastic. And he ended up getting them both to come aboard. Um, so yeah, and Jason really Berkey's a name that Christian you know, movie fans might recognize. He's, he was in some high-profile movies. Uh, I can only imagine. I think he's in that, right? October Baby? Yes, he starred in October. He was in, I can only imagine, he was one of the band members, and he starred in October Baby, which is from the, sort of the other big Christian movie-making brother duo, uh, the Irwin brothers, John and Andrew, who the Kendricks are from Georgia, and they are from Alabama. Uh, and they just came out with... Uh, I still believe was the uh, Jeremy Camp biopic uh, earlier this year. It got kind of shorted by the coronavirus when the theaters all shut down. But they also are the team that made I Can Only Imagine, the Bart Miller story. And Jason's worked with them a lot. He is a real pro. He's yeah, a real he, pro. You mentioned that the Jeremy Camp, Jeremy Camp, for those who might not know, he's a uh, re relatively well-known, very successful uh, contemporary Christian music artist. He's been around for like, I don't know, 20 years. Very 
dramatic personal story, and uh, so it lends itself to making a movie, that's for sure. I'm wondering, because you mentioned that movie, um, was your movie originally intended to be a theatrical release, but because of all the stuff, you went straight to uh, digital and DVD? Or was it always intended to be a direct-to-stores kind of thing? Well, that we, we shot it in February and March, uh, and the hand of God, literally, we finished the week before that coronavirus started shutting down the entire movie-slash-TV production business, literally one week before. And had had we been shut down, I simply wouldn't have been able to pull the money together to you know send everybody home and then call them back eight months later to finish production. So it really was a miracle. That, that was my miracle on this Christmas, that we're able to get that thing done and in the can before those protocols started to bite and close things um so in, in answer to your question it was clear to us pretty early that the theatrical thing was not a stable path for us to go down uh and i mean even now with some of the theaters opening you know it's i think it's still a risky endeavor and if you've got deep pockets maybe if you don't you're really rolling the dice so we were thinking perhaps uh initially we'd go the made for tv movie route and we did indeed push to do that um and it didn't pan out. And, and one of the reasons it didn't pan out was because a lot of the big players that we showed the movie to, um, pitched it to, you know, they're secular organizations, largely these channels. I'm not going to name them because my distri- distributor has to work with them still, and I don't want to sour relations. But basically what they said to us was, and this was my producer Kevin Otto's take on it, and it's very clever, but in so many words, this movie is too Christian for Christmas. <laughs> which, of course, is really ironic, and it made me laugh. And I thought, well, frankly, praise God, that means I got it right, because that's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> the reason for the season is the central thrust of this movie. Yeah, well, that sounds like high praise, if you do. ask me. But, and I do want to talk a little <laughs> bit about, and not right this second, but I do want to maybe maybe in next week we'll, we'll do another show and we can talk about uh, what passes for Christian movies and what the obstacles are in the movie-making business to, to not come across as too Christian. When Anyway, I don't want to fire my, my shots now. I do want to talk about that, though. Uh, so... You wrote the movie last fall, finish, finished writing it. Knocked, how long did it take you to write it? You know, you wrote it in a day and a half, I'm sure. Now, how, how long did it take <laughs> you to write <laughs> I'm a prodigy. Uh, <laughs> no, it took me probably about a month or so to actually write the script. But in the lead up to that, you know, there are several stages. And typically in screenwriting, there are different ways to do it, obviously, depending on your own preferences. But, you know, you write... Basically, what is the synopsis of the thing, which might be a one-page endeavor. And then you you write a treatment and then a beat sheet. And each time you're getting more detailed about what's happening. And the beat sheet is really typically the final step before you start the script. And that is a scene-by-scene outline of what's going to be in that screenplay. So if you do your work properly and you're diligent on that front end, the writing, at least for me, typically goes fairly easily and smoothly because you put in all the work that you need to to get it ready for the writing in those other stages. And fortunately, I got that right. So the writing of the actual screenplay came together quickly once I'd done the rest of the legwork at the front end. Now, how did you know? I mean, you have a background in journalism, so maybe that's part of how you knew. But how how did you know that, oh, let's start with this synopsis, kind of one-sheeter, and let's do a beat sheet? I'd never even heard that phrase until just now. Treatment usually is next, and then the beat sheet the third thing. Okay. Well, how did, how did you know to do Did you go buy, like, how to write a movie uh, for dummies book or something? Like, how, did, how do you know what the process is for writing a, a screenplay? 
Oh, yeah. Well, as you say, being a journalist who did journalism for almost three decades, I'm a big researcher when I'm starting something new. So I did indeed buy several screenwriting books uh, just to get a sense for kind of the standard approach because, you know, you can take some liberties, but if you you want to build the plane, you got to have wings on that thing, right? So you got to know what you're doing before you get into it. And once you're, you know, at a, the requisite level, you can take some liberties. But at the beginning, you, you need to understand the format. So I did a lot of research on the front end. And this actually is the eighth screenplay that I wrote. I wrote a couple of teleplays as well that mean like TV scripts. Um, and it's the first one that has been turned into a movie. So... It, it took me a while to get my sea legs, as it were. Okay, but you okay? So you have you have written for uh, for dramatic purposes before, so, so that 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 was probably helpful to you. So you get this- yeah, it was, and the journalism helped a lot because even though obviously TV news writing and screenwriting are completely separate endeavors, they're both visual storytelling. So there are a lot of commonalities between them, and that helped me a lot. That really did, actually. So you get the screenplay, uh, screenplay written, and we're going to talk about the motivation for writing it and stuff, the story behind the story kind of thing. We'll probably do that, um, I, I'm imagining, in, in I don't think we'll have time to get to it in this week's episode of Faith Debate. Uh, but you write the story, you got the screenplay, you got you know, uh, pages in hand, and then you have to go peddle it and find a producer? Or did you already have some, some connection with Ben Graham and, um, and, and Kevin Otto and others? Or how did that part work? Um, this is a sneak peek behind the whole movie-making business. I'm fascinated. Yes. Well, I, I'm an expert on my process. <laughs> I don't profess to be one on it at higher levels. Uh, yes. I mean, largely, you do need to shop it around. Um, and that was that was the catalyst for my getting a hold of Ben Graham at Graham Family Films, and then obviously people want to see that script, and if they don't like the script, that's the end of your journey, basically, with that person uh, or that company. Um, And then the second question that comes up very quickly, and maybe it even comes up before that, is what about the financing? Because you can have the greatest script going, and if you don't have the financing, it's going to be collecting dust. Right. Isn't that your producer's Uh, job, right, to figure out the money? Right. It can be, yeah, it can, absolutely it can be, yes. And I would say typically it is if you're going the studio route or with the bigger independent film producers, yes, it can be. But, I, you know, I believe in um, doing my part fully. I named my company Horses Ready Productions, and I take that name from one of my favorite scriptures in Proverbs 2131. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. And I absolutely live my life in accordance with that scripture. God will deliver the victory as he sees fit, but we need to do our part, and I do mine for sure. My horse will always be ready for the day of battle, and I will leave no stone unturned when I'm doing something. So I didn't count on anyone else to come up with money. I'm Troy Skinner. We're talking with Thomas Bonifield. He has written and directed a new movie called Miracle on Christmas. You can go get it today if you want. At um, It's available at a whole bunch of outlets. It's on Amazon. That's one place you can go if you want to do a digital kind of thing. It's at Walmart, Target. Um, I don't know. Maybe your next-door neighbor already uh, bought one. You can buy theirs off them. Tell them to go buy another one. There's different ways you can get one. Um, so I want to ask, you, you're talking about getting the money. So you had to not only write and direct the movie, but you had to go scrape together your own nickels and dimes? Uh, well, I had spent about 
25 years scraping together nickels and dimes, as it turned out. I prayed for two things when I was starting this endeavor, that God would bring the financing together for me, and he would bring me the right people. I already talked about the people which he, whom he brought together, and he hit it out of the park. So right. To speak. Is, it, is it public the, knowledge what the, uh, what the budget for making this movie is? It was several hundred thousand dollars. Okay, well, they did a pretty good job. Because I know, like, the Kendrick brothers, we mentioned them, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but when they made their first movie, Flywheel, I think they made it for less than $20,000. And then they made their next movie, which I think was Facing the Giants, which was probably less than the budget you just said you had for this movie. So you did a pretty yeah, good about job. 100000 What's that? I say that was about 100000 for that one is what it, they claim. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so you did pretty yeah. good uh, not having ever had a movie produced before you you uh, have some people who really trusted your vision and uh and uh, trusted you personally i guess yes and I, you know one of the other things having again done a lot of research before i started i built this script in a way that i thought it could be shot at a high level for the kind of money i had at my disposal so the entire movie plays out on christmas day meaning you have one script day Number one. And number two, I built it primarily in one location, though it ended up being two locations. Though we shoot in multiple places in both of those locations, so I don't think the audience is going to feel claustrophobic like you're sitting at a dining room, dinner room, dining room table and never get up and leave the room. It, it won't feel like that. But it was built very deliberately to be shot on the budget that we had available to us and to be done at, at a fairly high level still. Gotcha. So you have the script ready. You went and contacted uh, uh, Ben Graham from uh, Music City Baptist Church in the Nashville area. And did you already have a connection? Did you already know him before this? Or you looked, your, your, part of your research told you that this would be a good guy to go talk to? Yeah, I knew of him because I had written an article about some work, that some movies he had done, uh, or articles. Um, but I, I had no personal connection to him, no. But, I, you know, it's a, it's a business venture. Sure. Largely, and that's how I... Yeah, yeah, no, no. And, and, so, and he helped you connect with Kevin Otto. And then I guess Danny Roth has a producer's credit on this, too. I don't think we've mentioned him yet. Yes, uh, both he and Kevin are believers. And Danny does a lot of work with his production company that ends up on Lifetime, uh, including some Christmas movies. Um, and he, this was, again, this was just the hand of God. I mean, I they're, they're really, I've said that probably five times. I can't overstate it. We... Initially, I wrote the story to take place in Phoenix, which is where I live. And my distributor, uh, Green Apple Entertainment, of which Kevin is a partner, um, in, in his cohort there is a man named Tim Warren, who worked at MGM for years in Lionsgate and really knows the distribution side of the business, said, yeah, you know, listen, when people think Christmas in America, they don't think Arizona, they don't think California, and they don't think Florida, so we can't shoot it there. So then I rewrote it to be in Nashville because they have people there. There's a fairly strong movie-making community. And then finally, we decided, you know, if we're going to go that far, let's go somewhere where they have real snow, because that's going to make the thing a lot nicer. So we ended up in Michigan, and I rewrote it again, um, parts of it, to work there. Uh, and it, Kevin was looking for a place with snow, Kevin Otto, the producer, uh, and he called Danny, with whom he's friends, and who lives in Michigan, and said, hey, you know, we're working on this Christmas movie, want to have snow, we're looking to shoot it, you know, February. And it turns out, I mean, it's just a miracle, that Danny Roth was wrapping up a movie that he was producing in Michigan. 
and was going to be done like a week before we wanted to start production. And he said, you know, I mean, I'm here. I got my whole production team here. We got locations. There's snow everywhere. Why don't you just, like, move in and take over this team and do it here? Wow. And now, voila. That's now, exactly yeah, what so a lot of, a lot of a prov- Yeah, a lot of providence in the making of this movie. Oh, so, my. I mean, I, yeah, it was. there were many miracles on this Christmas production. <laughs> Let me say that. Now, I don't, you're not from Michigan, so I'm not sure if this will mean anything to you, but for, for uh, the listener who might be from Michigan, what part of the hand were you uh, filming this in? We were a little above the base of the hand. We were between Detroit and Lansing, which is the capital, sort of northwest of Detroit, uh, in the two towns, one called Brighton and one called Howell. Uh, so maybe, you know, 45 minutes, an hour outside of Detroit, something like that. Okay. Um, so the information on the, on the, on the movie is uh, available on your website, which is miracleonchristmas.com. Uh, there's a, there's a trailer there because I've watched it. Uh, there's a synopsis of the movie. And by the way, what's hold on? I'm going to look really quick. There uh, there might be more reviews, but there's at least one review that I saw. And let me see if I can find it. It's a movie guide. Movie guide, which bills themselves as the family guide to movies and entertainment. They watched your movie, and it seems they kind of liked it. <laughs> oh my! Thank the good Lord, they really were very enthusiastic. So yes, yeah, yeah you have four stars. I mean, right? That's pretty good. Four out of four, no less. <laughs> yeah. So that's that says something. So good for you. And it's it's interesting that you know they're hard graders on content things because they gave you, uh, you know, a green light on sex and nudity. There's no sex and nudity in your movie, <laughs> but they gave you a light, uh, a, like a. a um, a, a slight warning on language and violence, but there's not really any language or violence in this movie. <laughs> well, I think they called violence. There's a scene where someone gets hurt while they're playing football, and, <laughs> and that was part of the violence. So I figure, you know, they're being very scrupulous about that, yeah, and I'm, guess, I'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, I, the language thing was, I think, geez, right, there's nothing even remotely approaching a curse word in the movie. So that was that one was a little baffling to me. But yeah. as I say, they were very enthusiastic, so I'm awfully grateful to them for that review. Well, you and know, I have no connection to them, so I'm going to boldly assume it's very objective. Yeah, well, you know, some people will take great offense at uttering the name of God at all, like if they're, you know, uh, strongly, uh, you know, uh, Jewish or something. And so maybe somebody says, praise God <laughs> in the movie, and that's a language warning. I don't know. Instead of praise God. G dash D or something, you know. I don't. Yeah, I, I well, don't we may have had one or two of those, but I mean, in terms of uh, an interjection, I think Gosh was about as serious as it got. Heck, we 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 say uh, harsher stuff than that on the Faith Debate Show. Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, well, I, again, I'm really grateful. It was a great review, so I, I certainly don't mean to sound like I'm denigrating them. They. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm being playful. You know, I'm, you know, I'm just, just, just joking around. And, and if the movie review, movie reviewer people are upset, be upset with me. I'm the one joking around. Thomas is not. Thomas Bonifield, the writer, uh, director, and now promoter of the movie Miracle on Christmas. You can find it, uh, at, on Amazon.com, I guess. You can find it, uh, um, at Walmart, Target. You can find more information about it online at MiracleOnChristmas.com. We're going to continue with this discussion next week because there's an interesting story behind the story, and I and we haven't had a chance to talk about that yet. So the faith debate will be 
back again next week with this uh, same subject matter again. Uh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving weekend uh, to you who are listening. You can find us online at WFMD.com. Keyword faith will get you there. Uh, follow us on Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook. I'm also on MeWe, on Parlor. Actually, I'm on LinkedIn, but I'm not really on LinkedIn very often. And if you follow me, I will follow you. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.